This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, good morning, one and all. Sue's chef of The Garden, Frank Proctor, here along with Charlie. And good morning, Frank, and How, everybody. Yeah. Yes. Well, Tell, okay, okay. Time. You just, before okay. you turned on the mic, said <laughs> you found what in your bedroom? <laughs> I'm out at Shirley's, okay? <laughs> out in the country there. Yep, yep. Well, wouldn't you know. And uh, I was just tuning in some of the Olympics, and she she went into a bedroom. And she screams, "Oh my God! There's a frog in here!" And tr- I said, "Oh come on!" I went in. There's there's a frog, good sized frog, a bullfrog, like yeah, a big frog. Yeah, nice. S- right on the floor. And I, how the hell did he get in there? I have no idea. Well, there are some cracks and crannies in that uh, yeah, house. Well, uh, so uh, what uh, did you do? Tell me, you oh, carefully no, I, picked up the yes, frog. Yes, I did. And you carefully uh, took it. She had a bucket. She had a bucket. Okay. She put the bucket over it. So okay. <laughs> I put the bucket over it, and then I picked the thing up, and I, I put him down in the pond. Pond, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. He was he was very happy. I don't know how long the Frog poor guy's been savior. there. Oh, wait, no, they don't want to be dry. Like, he no, would have been dried right no, out no, in, your, no. in the bedroom. He was lost. <laughs> I'll say. Poor little guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, that was my excitement. How about you? <laughs> How's your week been? <laughs> no, um, no frogs. Oh, I saw one frog uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, but I was up, uh, up Muskoka ways. Um, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh boy, the CNE is on, of course. It and, is. And uh, are you going to race down there and have uh, bugs on your hot dog? Why not? Well, yeah. Well, they say it's good for you. Good protein and stuff. Super. Like that. Mm-hmm. I, I just I wouldn't eat crickets, though. I like crickets. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. That, you're influenced by that little cartoon guy. I know, I know. You know, I better get the phone numbers on the air here <clears throat> because this is, after all, your show, The Garden Show. It is, right. right. And the number for the Toronto area listeners goes this way 416 360 And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll free 1 866 740 4740. And our little mantra is, of course, call early, call often. One question per call. And, uh, oh, oh, yeah, my bell. Oh, yeah. There it is, yeah. Please tell Sebastian if you're a first time caller, and we'll ring the bell when you come on the air. There you Excellent. Go. Alrighty. Um, okay, so we had some rain. Ah. Since we were last yes, on the air. Yes, We had lots of rain. Is noticeable the difference? Huh? Yeah, and the lawns yeah. are growing. <laughs> Suddenly we have to pull out our mowers again. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, so, you know. Be careful what you wish for then, I know. Hey? Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, no, that was a very, very good thing. Things have greened up quite substantially mm-hmm. in the last few days since that deep rain that we had. So I'm happy for that. My rain barrel is full. It's all good. Um, all right, a couple of things going on. Remember the free summer music series at the Toronto Botanical Gardens? Well, they're having their final uh, uh, event this coming Thursday. starts at 7 o'clock. So the band is the, okay, Imbaya Kunis. Imbaya Kunis. They're an exciting fusion of traditional Andean sounds and contemporary 
Latin rhythms. So this is outdoors in the garden, starts at 7 p.m. Beautiful place to listen and be. Uh, of course, there's lots of food available. There's an organic farmer's market. There's a cafe. There's the beautiful gardens. Everything is completely free. Recommended that you do bring your own chair because there's not a ton of seating. So bring a chair and just hang out. You know, get yeah. there for six, grab some food, get a good seat, and music starts at seven. So that's this Friday. Um, what else? Oh, you know what's happening tonight, which is really sweet? You know the, the show uh, Saturday Night Bandstand? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so that's tonight. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how long. It, it's a couple hours, the show. But tonight there is a set from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Tarzan Dan is hosting, of course, and he's doing the Charlie Dobbins set between oh. 8 and 9 tonight. It is all songs about gardens and plants, especially apples and roses. So well, isn't that neat? We'll be tuning in for that, I well, think. Well, I guess so. 8 o'clock tonight. Gee, you we- must be so important to have a show designed all around you. I know. Isn't that good for my ego? Yeah, what, well, I want to find out how you do this. <laughs> she says, no way, Jose. No. Okay. Just got to be good. And, of course, uh, you, you know, hanging with you, I look good. That's just the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that didn't come out quite right. <laughs> you bet it didn't. <laughs> okay, so, and something important to put on your calendars. It's in the future. The Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society meets Sunday, September the 11th, 2 p.m. at the Royal Botanical Garden Center, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington, rooms number three and four. Speakers Claudette Sims, a retired educator and president of the Halton Region Master Gardeners Association, introducing everyone into the world of those incredible edible flowers. Wow. Which is perfect because, of course, roses are edible as well. Of course, everyone is welcome to attend and everybody's invited to hear this unique topic. There's no entrance fee. For more information, you can always email H.B. Rose Society, so H.B. for Hamilton Burlington Rose Society at simpatico.ca. Thank you. All right. Well, with that, pardon me, we have several folks waiting online to uh, have a chat with you. So uh, we'll be along to, oh boy, here's the first caller from Garden Hill in mm. Port Hope. Wow. Don't we wish perfect, we lived perfect. there. Diane, we're coming to you very shortly. Just hang tight, okay? You're listening to AM740, Zoomer Radio, and of course 96.7 FM downtown. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's say good morning to Diane Garden Hill Port Hope. Sounds lovely. Good morning, Diane. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank, and good morning, Charlie. Morning. I'm about to ask you a question that you must have heard many times just lately. I have a patch of lawn about 40 feet square in the front that is so damaged now by the sun, it's just like hay, Mm. and here and there dotted all over with beautiful green weeds. (laughs) Oh, lovely. (laughs) You got your work cut out for you. (laughs) Our side lawn and our back lawn is beginning to recover, Mm -hmm. but this patch doesn't show signs of recovering. What do we do? (laughs) So here's a quick question. Is there a tree, excuse me, growing anywhere near that 40 square foot area, like on the edge perhaps, or any tall? Well, yes, we're in the country and we we have quite a big lot surrounded by many, many trees. Mm. The reason I ask is because 
if the lawn is showing no sign of recovery, it's still pure yellow, and is it just flat to the ground, yellow, just, you know. Oh, like hay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And a few lots weeds. Of weeds though. Lots of weeds. <laughs> okay, so I'm, it's quite possible that you had grubs in that area, and they were chewing away late last summer and chewing away this spring, and you didn't really notice because everything was looking still so green. And then now it's so obvious that that patch is dead, dead, dead. Mm. First thing you're going to do is you're going to pull out the weeds, so that root and all, if you possibly can. Uh, now, and if we can't pull them out, can we spray them? You can. Uh, there is something called Weed Be Gone, and you can yeah. spray following the instructions on Weed Be Gone. And actually, if it's only weeds that are alive in that patch, you could even use the, the product that's called, I believe, Pavement Clear. And that's the stuff that we use for killing weeds in interlocking brick and that uh-huh. sort of thing. Oh, yeah. It is a very strong vinegar solution. You'll, sm- you'll know. You can smell that. Right. If the sun is beating down on those weeds and there's nothing around them that you can care to keep alive, <clears throat> or there is nothing alive, then it, you could go right ahead and use that strong vinegar solution. You will find on a hot sunny day when the sun's beating down, those weeds will turn yellow right before your very eyes. It's wow. very, very quick. So you know you've been effective. Yeah. Um, now, if they're well-established weeds, you may have to spray twice because you have to kill the root as well. The vinegar will kill on contact all the leaves, but you, if they continue to look green a couple of days later, then spray again. And then once you've done all that, it's a raking job. Rake out all the dead stuff. Smooth the whole thing out. Now, 40 square feet is a fairly large area to to reseed. Mm -hmm. But certainly it's less expensive to reseed than to think about sod. I mean, sod is instant, but sod is more expensive, obviously, in a 40 square foot area. But honestly, I have the exact same job that I have to do in my back my back area. I'm not in the country, but I have a huge swath of dead grass that was annihilated by grubs oh, while I wasn't looking. <laughs> you know, turn turn your back. See, it for even a, happens to church. Exactly. So. <laughs> turn your back for a day, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, what happened there? <laughs> so, and it's da- like it comes up like nothing. I'm just yeah. I can pull it up by hand or rake it all out, yeah. and then it's reseed. All right. No reseed. And to prevent potential grubs in the future, this is the time of year that we're going to invest in nematodes. We're going to go to our local garden center. They're available even in like the, you know, yeah. some of the home stores, the home hardwares, etc. Right. Uh, they'll be in a fridge. They are live mm-hmm. eggs and you'll follow all the instructions and going out there after you've raked out all the dead mm-hmm. stuff and watering some of these nematode eggs in is a preventative measure to n- have this not happen next year. I see. All right. Okay. Now, can we do this now, yep. or do we have to wait till the cooler weather? Or grass seed is a lot easier to grow once it's a little cooler, so because it doesn't, the soil won't dry out as quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is supposed to cool down fairly, fairly yeah. soon. Monday, I think we're at like twenty-two degrees. Yeah, yeah so for two days, and no. then it's getting hot again. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so if it's you know you don't want to quit your full-time job to stay home and keep grass seed moist, but if you have somebody who's around and can keep the grass seed moist, it will grow. It's just a matter of keeping it moist, uh, yeah. and you'll, you should see grass within 10 days. All right. So okay. kill the weeds yep. and then rake everything out yep. as much as possible. Level, yep. A little and fresh soil, some grass seed, water. And, and then the nematodes, when do you put those on? Anytime you like in that process, but I would not put the nematodes on while all the dead grass is there because you right. it, read the instructions. It needs to be moist soil and it needs to be soil that the nematode eggs will get down through the thatch and the dead stuff. Mm-hmm. They need to get down underground. 
Right. So yeah. we could go ahead and seed and then put them on? <coughs> you, yep, you could. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Diane. Okay. And right. does it take a lot of watering with, with the nematodes? Do you have to water them a lot because we're on a well? Okay, not a lot. They need to be applied to a wet soil or moist soil. So okay. watch, hold on to the nematode eggs in your fridge until we've got a rainstorm coming, and then do your application the next day. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, let's say hi to uh, Mary calling in from Buffalo. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Morning. Um, I, w- I enjoy listening to your show. You know, I'm a first-time caller. Oh, my oh, goodness. Wait a minute, just a second. You get wings. There we are. Yeah, Welcome yeah. to the <laughs> show. <Good for> you. <laughs> I enjoy listening to your show. But anyway, a couple of weeks ago, a lady called in mm-hmm. because she had just zucchini flowers and no zucchini yeah that was what she was saying that she had and just, uh, uh, i i couldn't get the number at the time but they are delicious to eat good point Very and uh, good point. i thought boy i wish i could get some more one year we just, that happened with us uh-huh. but we enjoyed the flowers and you know you can just dip them in a little egg and breadcrumbs and I know. fry them they are delicious or i've i've had them stuffed with cream cheese too oh right. wow yeah right. yeah they make a lovely they're crisp and mm-hmm. yeah very very <laughs> right. healthy that's a good idea I'm, thanks oh, for pointing that I out i hope she didn't uh, d- d- destroy them you know? no i hope not too yeah no, so anyway i would true. have normally 15 questions but i can only ask one and i oh, don't good have for one you on the tip of my tongue right now so <laughs> i will just uh, Thank you for taking my call. Oh, our pleasure. You call anytime. Don't you, be a stranger. You can call right back, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you know, you can. Yeah, that's right. You call early, call often. If you, you know, ask your one question and boom, call back in. That's true. That's yep. that's okay. That's why we say call early, call often, yeah. but one question per caller. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Janine. Or Mary. Uh, pardon me, Mary. I'm looking down on my list of callers, and Janine uh, is yeah. next, indeed, from Scarborough. Good morning. Hi, Janine. Yes, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good, good morning. morning. I am the first caller also. Uh, first time caller. Oh, my golly. Okay, hold oh, on. It's a musical show. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you. Great. Yes, I have a problem with my big jade. It's probably around 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And lately, with the humidity, I think it mm. gets fungus. Oh, my. And uh, losing the leaves every day, I pick up so many, and I don't know what to do about it. So fungus on the soil or on the plant? On the plant, well, I don't see on the soil, but I see on the plant uh, the the last leaf out of the little branch Mm. start to get uh, moisture on it. Mm. And when I touch them, uh, they fall down. They fall off, yeah. And sometimes it's a little bit powder coming out of of that, too. Okay, but the leaves that are falling off, are they the ones on the tips, like the very newest leaves, or are they the older leaves? They start, some start from the tip, Mm. but some are starting from the older leaves. Okay. Well, okay, main thing is, if you're worried that... A jade plant has had too much water or the high levels of humidity are causing the plant to start to, you know, become fungal infested. The main thing you should do is don't water it. Make sure, you know, it sounds like it's a pretty big plant. So you haven't moved it recently, have you? No, and it's in 
the sun room. Yeah, good. And uh, there is a lot of uh, sun, but I have to put down the shade for it. And I don't know if it's why I put them in the dark place. Yeah, no, don't do the dark, whatever you do. Keep them in the sunroom. Uh, if you want to pull down the shade, just because it gets so hot with the, all that sun yeah, pouring yeah. into your place, but try and just do like a half amount of the blinds closed. Don't go, don't go pure dark in there. Uh, the plants do need sun, and whatever you do, it don't water. Like, oh. just let that jade plant dry right out. It might be a month from now before you water. Oh. It might even be two months before you water. Wow. It will yeah. not die from lack of water, but it will die from too much water because the soil is so dry like a stone like, yeah. uh, so long I didn't change it and should, that, should I change the soil of you it? could but if the plant is showing signs of stress like dropping yeah. leaves yeah. I would not transplant it now oh. I would leave it in that horrible soil and that you know pot that's the wrong size and all that sort of stuff now just let it dry down let it kind of get itself stabilized again and next spring make repotting your number one priority with that plant because that's the time to do it and you'll probably need some help if it's that old you know it's one it's you know you might need some help to just you know get some fresh soil get that damp and moistened Mm -hmm. tilt the current plant on its side and then you know do what you need to do they don't often have a big root system and that's why it's so easy to rot them okay okay Okay. that's my problem because it was so dry i thought you need water Ah, right. And uh, probably that's what I did, too much water. Yeah, and you may find that there's water way down deep in that pot. It's just super dry on the surface. So that's why, yeah, err on the side of underwatering now. No Tough water. Tough is what it's all about that's in, right. in this case. Thanks, Janine. And uh, Thanks. we Good certainly hope that, that advice from Charlie helps you out. Uh, we're going to take a little trip up to North York and have a word with Allison. Good morning, Allison. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um I got some tulips in a pot mm-hmm. early in the year for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I heard you had said to somebody else that when they don't throw them away, leave them in the pot and mm-hmm. just cut the roots, cut the leaves off when they all turn brown, mm-hmm. so they ground. But I've done that, but the only thing I didn't do is water the plant. Oh, no, no, that's... I watered the bulbs. Am I supposed to be watering these no. No, no, what you did is perfect. You oh, want to so leave them there and they'll just automatically come up when. Well, no, you're going to have to plant them from that pot into your garden. Oh, I don't have a garden. I live in a condo. Well, uh. then you sneak outside and somewhere on the condo property, you <laughs> dig a quick hole and you drop them in. They, oh, w- I see. Okay. they will not Thank come you, back. I, I've lost them more or less. If I won't get to have them in my own space. No, unfortunately, they, when they grow in a pot, they uh-huh. have been forced. We call that forcing. They're forced to grow in the pot. Uh-huh. Uh, they are you know, artificially refrigerated and then brought out of the refrigerator and then they grow in the pot. But you cannot... or you will not successfully grow them again. You okay. may find that... Uh, okay, I, I just remember that yeah. I have families that's right before but, winter so sometime yeah, in the oh, next well, month let's get them in the ground winter, when do I plant them in their garden anytime in the next month in the next month yep. and leave them like that yeah just make sure they go in a spot that's going to be sunny in the spring when they come up and is well drained reasonably good soil what about just the 
sun from the west in the afternoon, that's, midday, and then onwards. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, th- thanks and remember, much, in the Ali. spring, the trees don't have leaves, so we have a lot more sun in the spring than we do in the summer quite often in our gardens. So, yeah, that's look true. for those spots, too. Yeah. All yeah. right. Thanks, Allison. Good Bye-bye. luck with that. That's great. Okay, Glad great... she brought that up. Yeah, great. Because there's always people with little pots of what they think are dead bulbs tucked into corners in their garages. And, yes, indeed, they need to get in the ground sometime over the next month. Otherwise, say bye-bye and their compost. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> okay. uh, bye-bye. Well, we're saying hello here on the Garden Show. By the way, <clears throat> pardon me, um, very seldom do I look up and see a line open. In fact, I've got two lines open right now. Ooh. So let me give those numbers out, okay? In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 866 740 Four seven forty, but we do have Tom in uh, Woodstock to talk to now. So good morning, Tom. Welcome along. Good morning. Morning. Good. It's nice to talk to both Charlie Thank and Frank. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Uh, I have a hydrangea bush that I'd like to move. Mm-hmm. And uh, when is the best time to move it? Uh, fall is fall or spring are good times to move any plants how long has it been in the place it's in now uh three years okay so that's not too long uh it's uh it's it's doing well mm -hmm. where it is but i'd like to move it over about four feet it's close to a japanese maple okay yeah too close yeah it's sort of crowding it right now. Well, that, you know, it's funny. Things do grow, don't they? We think we've got this vision of, you know, when they, we plant them, they're going to kind of stay the same, and then before you know it, things are too crowded. So Yeah, it's just, I, I think the Japanese maple will come up above it, but uh, <clears throat> it would be better if it was over about four feet. Yeah, so. and the plants need air circulation, right? They'll always be healthier and happier when there's spaces between the plants and allows them to grow bigger over the years. If you're going to move in the fall, one of the advantages of gardening, doing any gardening in the fall, planting, transplanting, you know, redesigning, you know, all that sort of thing, digging, dividing our plants, is that the soil is nice and warm. And when we plant or transplant into warm soil, we have immediate root growth. Unlike the spring, when we plant or transplant and the soil is still very chilly, uh, the plants sit there and wait until the soil warms up and then they start to grow. So that, the fall, fall is a wonderful time to be out in the garden and moving things around because you get a jump on, by doing that planting in the fall, getting those roots growing right away. Come next spring, the plant is ready and raring to go and fills in beautifully next season. If I was moving hydrangea this fall, I would cut it down, though. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about a macrophylla, the kind with the round flowers? No, uh, uh, the one with the flat flowers. Okay, so lace cap, same thing, though. It is a macrophylla. So um, the lace cap hydrangeas, I would, I mean, I love leaving the flowers on for the winter, but if I was moving the plant, I would cut it down before I did the move because you are going to leave roots behind. So uh, you want to minimize the stress on the plant by taking the stems down okay okay so prepare the hole in advance make sure it's got some good quality well-drained you know reasonably organic fertile type soil prepare the hole lift the plant trying to hold as much soil around the roots as you can four feet over into the ground planting at the same level it was uh, in terms of the depth of the, the ground, uh, or slightly higher because plants will settle on in and water thoroughly, and it should be... Uh, you could even use a bit of a transplanter or a quick-start-type fertilizer 
just to get those, you know, encourage those roots to grow quickly. Um, I'll use bone meal sometimes, a handful of bone meal, just to get the phosphorus in around the plant, get the roots growing, and it's good to go next spring. I had to quit using bone meal because uh, I think I have a, a, some skunks in the area, and they keep digging my plants up oh, after oh, I put man. it on them. Really? Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. That and they would kind of too. respond to that. Yeah, no, when I use bone meal, I use it down at the bottom of the hole, though. I have skunks. I've never had a skunk look really interested in bone meal, but that's an interesting point. It, well, it, I know it could be a raccoon, but yeah. I've had numerous plants dug out this year that For no I reason. put uh, bone meal yeah. in, and the next day I go out and uh, they're all laying on top of the ground. All right. Well, <laughs> I think there's a message there, so you're right. You might have to go with the synthetic uh, root booster type fertilizer if you wish to. You don't need to, but certainly it's a good idea just to ensure that the roots are the priority once the plant goes to its new home. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much, Tom. Appreciate all your help. Our pleasure, or my pleasure. Yeah. Frank's Here, just I'll along accept for the ride. To you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, oh no, no, you have yeah, a very important job. Yes, of course. Numbers. Well, and it worked. You see, we we had a couple of lines open. Boom, they're filled. Oh my and goodness! And there is Patsy in Waterloo. Good morning, Patsy. Welcome to the Garden Show. Good morning, Show. and thanks for taking my call. Good <laughs> morning. Okay, Charlie. My backyard is a a forest, a woodland. Mm, nice. Um, not in a good way. Oh. <laughs> I'm wanting a lawn. Okay. And all I see are, um, you know, just weeds, weeds, weeds everywhere. Hmm. So um, I was just wondering, do I need to tear up the whole thing? Um, another thing is our neighbors are um, on the back side of us. They are a little bit uh, elevated. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of runoff, water when it rains, and, you know, whatever mm-hmm. they do just <laughs> ends up in your garden, mm. including whatever weed seeds that might yeah. be on their lawn and, <laughs> and flowers that get, you know. So, um, well, tell me, how big is this, this back area, roughly? Uh, it's about um, 100, sorry, 1,000 square feet. Okay, so that's a pretty big Pretty area. sizable, yeah. Um, do you have to replace it all? It, what I would do, so have you been mowing it this summer or when, like when it was green back in the spring and early summer, were you mowing? Yeah, we, we mowed. Okay, and then we got the drought and then nothing grew, so I everything know. turned kind of yellow. But generally speaking, you're, when you look out at this area or you go and inspect it, you're seeing more weeds than grass? Absolutely. I don't even have to go inspect. I mean, it's so obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to yeah. all the, it must have been lawn at some point. What happened to all the lawn? Well, we've always had, like, it's, um, it, the soil is clay-based, mm-hmm. so we've always had problems with this. Mm. So my husband decided to, um, that we'd plant a garden, like, have a, you know, vegetable garden out there. Um, so we, we did some raised beds, mm-hmm. but um, the, lo- the, the, the weeds, they, no matter how much we go out and pull, they just, they come back with a vengeance. Yeah, well, clay-based soil... Is some, it compacts so much that it becomes like concrete. And there are weeds that can survive in concrete. Many of the turf grasses cannot. So in the competition for survival, the weeds are doing a good job and the turf grasses not so much. It would be a fairly big job. What I would probably do, I mean, to really properly plant a lawn when you have just a, you know, a yeah. mess of weeds, you have to eliminate the weeds first. Otherwise... Plastic, black plastic over the whole darn thing. Well, you could. I know. I'm, I'm, kill it. That's a big area, though, 1,000 square feet. But yeah, yeah, 
I mean, it's that solarization we yeah. call that, where you put yeah dark plastic tarpaulins down, bake everything. Uh, it will kill all the weeds. But you see, you're going to since you've had turf grasses die and weeds survive, and you know it's a clay based problem. Once the weeds are dead, you still need to get some of that clay out and some good soil so, in, yeah. whether it's triple mix or it's, you know, from the... from the. Um, How much would you, uh, like an inch, two inches? Uh, well, gosh. yeah, in a perfect world, you dig out 12 inches of clay and replace with 12 oh, inches. Well, yeah. But for a wow. lawn, you can get away with, yeah, an inch or even two inches would be amazing. You, you need the win lotto max to accomplish all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, and, I mean, a machine could do it so quickly, yeah. right? Get a bobcat in there, scrape it all off, get yeah. rid of all that, get new soil, get it all leveled out, and then seed it or sodded. You're in business now, but it wouldn't be inexpensive to sod, that's for sure. But so it's one of those things. And, and you, like you said, you've got raised beds, you've got trees. So you're working yeah, I around. I like the bobcat idea. I, yeah, yeah, I know. I well, it's so efficient if, if it can work. Yeah. But if you've got things to work around, sometimes you can't get into people's backyards with bobcats. That's the problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not always wide enough to get through. <laughs> but, um, but by hand or spray, I mean, weed be gone works. And as we, I mentioned to our first caller who, um, who had... Diane, uh, I believe. Yeah, right. Diane had an awful lot of dead, gra- dead grass and surviving weeds. Mm-hmm. And if you, so you've got nothing that you're trying to keep alive. Like, it's, there's nothing of value. It's just straight weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is obviously the pavement clear stuff. So that's that uh, vinegar-based spray. Okay. And that will work to annihilate anything that you want to kill. But you may have to spray twice. So recognize that if the root survives and it turns green again, you must uh, work away spraying, spraying, spraying. And maybe just do it in quadrants. Just do a piece at a time. Do uh, Start in one area this fall, do another area next spring, you know, mm-hmm. and don't try and take the whole thing on because it might sound a bit overwhelming. But stay on top of mowing those weeds. Don't let them go to flower. Don't let them produce seeds. You will just have more weeds. So do Okay, every- so how soon after we do that application should we um, reseed or... Well, you got to get the weeds out of there. So if the weeds have all turned yellow, you're going to have to rake them all out. You're going to level the soil. You're going to take out some of that clay, hopefully, or at least add some good top dressing and then overseed. All of that can happen in one day if, you know, you can do it. It's a fair amount of work, though. Yeah, Patsy, I'm sorry. We're kind of running out of time here. I'm uh, uh, under time constraints. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, we do have to let our sponsors on the air. Otherwise, we don't come back. (laughs) So we don't want that to happen, do we? No. No. The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio back with Charlie, and we'll be chatting with Siva very shortly here on AM740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed. And good morning, one and all. Uh, from Toronto, Siva online. Good morning, Siva. Morning. morning. I had these beautiful tomatoes, and I thought the color was coming in nicely. Mm-hmm. And I thought later in the evening I would go and explore the garden. Mm-hmm. And when I looked, lo and behold, ants had eaten the oh. tomatoes from the bottom. You know, Ants, and I thought, did you say? my goodness. And I had observed the little holes bored inside. So I guess they bore the holes, go inside, and they eat from the inside out. And I never knew ants would eat tomatoes. No, I'm surprised and that it's... I remember there was would. a lady who called and said mm. she didn't know what was put in the holes in her tomatoes, mm-hmm. so I figured it must be the ants. Well, okay, the thing is, is that ants eat dead stuff. Ants don't usually eat live things. No? Um, I, what we 
talked about also with that woman who was having chunks yep. missing out of her tomatoes was a very nefarious tomato eating pest called the tomato hornworm. So okay. it's a green larva with white stripes and, and a horn, and a horn ender, on yeah. its tail that sticks up. And it's the perfect color of the stem. So it completely camouflages on the stems. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if maybe you've had the same thing. But when you say from the bottom, this has happened from the bottom. Yeah, well, I can see the top of the tomato, and I don't realize that it's being eaten until I went and looked around. Yeah. And just the bottom of the tomato is eaten. Yeah. It's not falling off the vine, mm. but and the ants are in there. I saw them, you know? Yeah. Oh, well. well, okay, so it is possible. Remember, there is something called tomato blossom end rot. Okay. So the, where the bottom actually rots. No, this isn't. There's no, no rot. No. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow, so perfectly red, just holes and ants. Gracious ants. Hmm. So I I sprayed the bugs with uh, coconut oil just to give them a harder (laughs) thing to bite into the skin, you know? (laughs) Okay. Make it slippery for them. Yeah, yeah. So it seemed to be working. Okay, well, that's a good idea. Buffalo, I do eat the blossoms from the zucchini. Oh, good. Even my lamb's ears. It's full (laughs) in the garden. Yep. I cook that. I know, it's good. Lamb's quarters, or lamb's ears. Yes. Yeah, lamb's quarters. Okay, thank you. Very good. All righty, Siva, thank Thank you very much. Good luck with those tomatoes and those darn dance. Well, that's right. That's um, that's funny, though. You wouldn't think they would. Well, with the rain, maybe some slugs have come out. Like, slugs will leave holes. Ants Mm -hmm. will take advantage of the moisture, right? Right. I don't think ants would make the holes, but they'll certainly take advantage if somebody else makes the holes. Right. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, we're taking a little trip uh, this time round out to Brantford saying hi to Ellen. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Hi, thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm a, I'm a regular listener, and I really enjoy the show. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm calling today because my morning routine is usually to go out with a dish of uh, soapy water and a knife and flick off those copper beetles yep. from my roses. Yep. Well, there's a new beetle out there the oh. last two days, mm-hmm. along with, nestled right in beside those copper beetles, is a little yellow guy with... He's only about three-eighths of an inch, and he's got black spots on him. Mm. Hmm. He drowns, too, in the soft, <laughs> soapy water, but... But he's little, and he's nestled down inside the, inside yeah. the, the flowers. Yeah. Yellow spots, you say? Yellow, hmm. No, yellow with black spots. Oh, yellow with black spots. Hmm. Yeah. Size of a ladybug or bigger than that? Uh, about the size of a ladybug, but he's got an oval body, hmm. not round. And do, is this insect nest? We're not sure if this is necessarily a pest, though, or do we know? Have you seen it eating? Well, yeah, he leaves the the the, the chew marks on the petals of the roses. Uh, yeah, the Japanese beetles, the ones you've already been getting, yes. are yeah. a huge problem. They'll chew any any part of a rose and chew it fast and, yeah. you know, yeah. annihilate your plants. So very good that you're on top of that in the morning. And you're right, it's simple. It's a, a jar, a can with some water, a drop of, soil, of soap or a drop of oil, and they will drown underneath the, 
they can't get back out of the water once you've got. It's not the... very pleasant to look at. No, <laughs> it's quite gross, actually. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they really do get quite disgusting um, sitting in yeah, that. You wouldn't be going down to water. the CNE to have any of their food. Uh, <laughs> they're they're oh. toasted crickets. Oh my god! Maybe you could oh. sell these to the CNE. They people would eat them. <laughs> um, all right, leave that with me. I do have no. I have to look it up, but I do. Is it bright yellow or kind of a um, uh, off like a golden yellow? Gold. Yeah, okay. Because mm-hmm. there are some ladybugs that are off orange, like they're yep. not really red. Yeah, but it's, it's not round like yeah, a ladybug. Yeah, it's oval. Hmm. All right. All right. Okay, let, let's... Well, I'll see uh, if I can figure out what it is. I mean, bottom line is you are going to be picking. You, there's no spray that is going to kill the beetles. Um, yeah. They've got hard Flick shells. Yeah. yeah, and they're just, they, they're just going to... Yeah, it's not going to do anything. Uh, they're disgusting. <laughs> you said we would expect them July 1st. And I thought maybe I was being missed because I didn't get any until August. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I know. It's been a yeah. funny year. It's uh, yeah. Some of the things that were real pests in the last few summers have not been showing up, and then others are coming out of the woodwork. So. Yeah. Well, keep yeah. flicking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Keep drowning, <laughs> yeah, and I'll, yeah. I'll see if I can report back on what that is. Okay. Thank you so Thanks much, Ellen. Thanks for your call. Yeah, you're uh, listening to The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM, downtown Toronto. And Kim from Richmond Hill with us, just around the corner from your place, maybe. Mm -hmm. Hi, Kim. Good morning. I know you're running out of time, so I'll talk fast for you. This might be a silly question, but I've got 14 bags of red mulch Mm -hmm. sitting in my shed. Mm -hmm. Can I take it up to the cottage and store half of it till next spring? Sure. Because you scared me one day on the radio telling me about things exploding. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought, oh, my God, I don't pop the cottage. No, well, that's true. Um, typically, the mulch that's bagged has some moisture in it. Mm-hmm. You'll know by the weight of the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the very, the, the um, yeah, spontaneous combustion can happen when things like peat-based products dry out. Dry, bone dry. But a bagged bark mulch typically is not ever completely dry. So I wouldn't worry about that. And yes, you can certainly keep it over the winter. Good idea to keep it in the shed, though, because it That's will where keep it's it going. Yeah. Can you use it on the gardens up there because yeah. of the lakes? Uh, you can. Those dyes should not run off. But I have learned something about the dyed mulch, which is. Put the dyed mulch on the garden when there's no rain in the forecast for at least 24 hours. Oh, okay, that's that, good. That way the dye bakes on better when the sun is beating down onto it. Uh, and then when it does rain, the dye is better uh, in sort of inside the mulch and doesn't wash off as quickly. Thank you so, so much. Okay. Have a lovely weekend. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kim, for being a, a little a clock watcher. We appreciate <laughs> that. Malcolm in London. Good morning, Malcolm. Hi there. Morning. Uh, yeah, I'm calling about my hollyhocks. I've got two plants. Mm-hmm. One is has got about well, four feet high and, and flower and everything else. And the other one is just about six inches above the ground. That's uh-huh. where it's always been. Well, that's what you think. So I wonder what's going on with that one. All right. So it's important to realize that hollyhocks are what we call a biennial. And so biennial plants grow from seed the first year and grow just green leaves, a little rosette of leaves in the case of um, hollyhocks. Then next year, the plant will send up the big flower spike and flower like crazy. 
produce a bunch of seed, and then the plant dies. Meanwhile, seed is dispersed, seed drops to the ground, seeds germinate, and the whole process starts again. So you think that you've got a green one that's never done anything, but probably what it is is that's a first-year plant, and it's just grown from seed this year, uh, and it will flower. That same plant should flower next year. No, it's it's uh, it's not from seed. It's it was a plant given to me. The, the both of them were given to me, mm-hmm. and they both bloomed last year. Mm-hmm. But the only ones this year. But again, it's it's likely that's what it is, is that the one that's not blooming has grown from seed from last year's plant. It's just growing in the same spot. So you're assuming it's the same plant. But the root, you know, unless it's some really unusual hollyhock that somehow is perennial, typically hollyhocks are not perennial. They are biennial. So bottom line, oh, put geez. a little... So the one that's doing nothing this year yep. will bloom this It next will. Year, put, a little, no, yeah, put a little stake beside it this fall before winter hits. Put, just put a little, you know, stake, a little mark on it saying, you know, ho- green hollyhock, and watch next year, and you should see that exact same plant flower. Well, And call me if it doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Malcolm. Malcolm. Thank you. I don't know. Well, if, I guess if we kind of hurry along, uh, we might be able to get one more caller in. Okay. From Ellen in Brantford. Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Morning. Uh, just a quick question. Um, butterfly bush. Do mm-hmm. I cut that down in the fall? I wouldn't. I no. leave them all winter. I cut them down in the spring when I can see where the new growth is. Okay. It's usually and pretty low on the plant, <clears throat> and I so do end up cutting it way down, but I cut down to the green. So the same thing I do with my hydrangeas, I would do with my butterfly bushes. Exactly. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. Thank you. We are Thank you. multilingual. Yes, indeed. Thanks, thanks, Ellen. That's exactly what I do. So, yes. Okay, got that. Thank you. And you, well, my friend. Wow. Yeah, I've got a busy little bit of a day ahead of me here. Um, of course, <laughs> after we go and have brekkies at mm-hmm. High Park mm-hmm. and say hello to the squirrels and everybody else out there. Chipmunks. Uh, yeah, chipmunks. Um, the birds. I come back to the station at mm-hmm. 1.30 and uh, I've got a couple of hours on the air. Oh, you do. Live you're in the non-stop. City. I am just a little working machine, I'm I telling know. you. And then Monday, you're oh. heading over to the rental place and picking up the big moving van. <laughs> right. And you're putting right. on your Mike the Mover shirt. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Sebastian, <laughs> bless his heart, is helping me. He's going to be your buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So... There Good you for go. you. Man, all, all right. that laid up in front of me. Uh, nice. Well, and you, yeah, you, I know where you're going right after the show. You are well after we have uh, Ricky. You, yeah. you're going to the computer shop. Oh, your your man. machine died. I well, I don't know what's going on. You know, I just put in a brand new hard drive, and it's just oh, like that was like a month ago, and now you know they're the, wonderful when they work. The light turns God, on, but nothing happens. Yeah, never mind Windows. I want to throw mine out of the window sometimes. Know. You know, <laughs> love them and hate them those computers, yeah, yeah. but they are handy when they work. So. Listen, you have a wonderful week. Thank you very much. And I will see you here again next week. Thanks, Sebastian. Car guys are here. I can see those engines getting revved. And so let's welcome those two and say goodbye to everybody. Thank you for all your great calls. See you next week. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.